Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about tough conversations. Now, we all have them, but what's tough for you may be easy for me and vice versa. So what is it that makes a conversation tough and what can you do to prepare for them and handle them in a way that will help improve the outcome? Joining me today is AJ Grossman. AJ is an attorney with Leapfrog Divorce based in Florida. In addition to his law degree, he has a master's in dispute resolution, which personally I think may give him a slightly different perspective than many lawyers. AJ's goal is simply to help people solve problems. Welcome, AJ. Oh, Mandy, thank you so much for having me today. I feel so blessed to be able to spend some time with you. I'm looking forward to it. But first, I have a challenge for you. I'm going to say, as a mediator, I have worked with a lot of attorneys. And I've interviewed attorneys on this show, too. But the typical response is often, it depends. (laughs) So our challenge today is, can we get through this conversation without saying, it depends? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm glad that you're up for that challenge. You know, when I was prepping for this show, I hadn't really thought about it before, but I was curious about what it is that makes a conversation tough. Ah, there's a lot there. I love that question. So one of the first things that, that jumps to my mind is a feeling or lack thereof, of safety. If people don't feel safe entering a conversation with another person, they are less likely to be maybe as transparent as they need to be. They're less willing to make themselves maybe as vulnerable as they need to be. And they're probably less likely to be honest and upfront as they probably need to be. The second thing that that pops to mind is so many of us are just not trained, educated, or skilled in how to have effective, tough conversations. And we seem to learn through our mistakes, and our mistakes being failed relationships, whether that's a work relationship, a neighbor relationship, a spousal or marital relationship, a familial relationship. We, we learn from our parents, their guides for us, 
And we either had good guides or mediocre guides or not so good guides. And so we try things out. We have difficult conversations with people and either they go well and we think, oh, I did something right there. Or they go horribly wrong and we're left wondering, well, what did I do? And the typical position is, well, it was the other person's fault. Right. Right. We, right. we, tend, to, we tend to blame and shame a lot. And so those are some of the things that make it really difficult. And I think those are the, those are the top ones for me. So like safety would be both physical safety or emotional safety. So if you, if you think that the person you're going to talk to about this is going to blow their sack at you and yell and scream at you, that's going to put you off having this conversation. Yes, absolutely. Or trying to come up with options to have a difficult conversation while while maintaining physical safety. Right, right. And then I was thinking too, sometimes I hear about learning from your mistakes or learning from people that you've been around and modeling that. But I was also thinking sometimes that can be about your concern or what makes it tough for you is your own emotions about the topic. So you know, we're talking about divorce. So I know a lot of people, when they try to have that conversation with their spouse about ending the marriage, there's oftentimes guilt. Yes. Just for one of those emotions that is tied up with it. And it's like, then that sets the scene. You feel so guilty. You're not really sure how to have this conversation in a good way or... Yes, yes. That's an excellent point, Mandy. I talk a lot about emotions and caring about and identifying, putting a spotlight on emotions is really a a big part of my practice, which is one of the things that makes me so different from many of my colleagues. And as human beings, we, we are emotional creatures first, and we are logical creatures second. So for example, we typically make all or most of our decisions based upon emotions and feelings. And then we justify them through logic as we think through it later. And when you're going to enter a tough conversation with another person, if the other, if if you are a, an emotional feeling type of person and the other person is rather unemotional, not really in touch with their feelings, cold, they don't really have the ability or the desire to empathize, that can make a conversation extremely difficult because the feeling person is going to want to talk about feelings and emotions and the other person is just not going to want to hear it. They're not going to want to talk about it at all. Right. And I don't know if I'm overthinking this, but how helpful or important is it for you to understand why you think a conversation is going to be tough? Is it oh, really I think spending some time thinking that through before you just kind of dive into it. Absolutely. That's a great point. So one of the things I, I coach many of my clients about is think about the relationship you have with this other person that you need to have a tough conversation with. Is it a relationship you want to preserve? Is it a relationship you need to preserve? (laughs) Or is it a relationship that you just don't care that much about? And if it's a relationship that you don't care that much about, then you're not so worried about having the most effective, tough conversation. If it's a relationship you care about or you need, then you're going to want to be careful and you're going to want to think ahead of time. 
Okay, so how can I approach this conversation? What do I anticipate might be some objections or stumbling blocks for the other person? What am I assuming that may be incorrect about what this other person did or said? And are those assumptions that I should throw out? Are they assumptions that I should check with this other person? Yeah, you, you need to take some time to think about the conversation and, and think about a strategy. Absolutely. Okay. So then in strategy terms, I was thinking of the, the old like who, what, where, when, how, and working through all of those. And I thought maybe you and I could talk a little bit, kind of work our way through that. And if we just picked, you know, say, start with who, I mean, obviously, you know, the person that you want to have the conversation with, but you might have other people there too. Yes. You, you could choose. I mean, again, I I go back to divorce because this is the topic here, but I've worked with a number of people who've chosen to have a conversation with their spouse or their partner in a counselor's or a therapist's office about... I can't continue this marriage. I need to end the marriage. But they've wanted to have the counselor there as being somebody who can help the other party hear it or process it or even maybe for protection. Yes, absolutely. I have seen a wide variety of options, the counselor or the therapist being one. I've seen very skilled mediators be able to provide a safe space for a couple to have that kind of uh, conversation. Transformative mediators are very skilled and very talented at at facilitating those types of conversations. Uh, I have a client currently whose spouse will not talk with her without his current girlfriend present. (laughs) And I've also had... (laughs) I mean, that's going to be an interesting situation. Yes, yes. And I've had other situations where other family members wanted to be involved in the conversation. There's a wide variety of cultural differences. For example, many years ago, I can remember representing a woman from India. And very traditional Indian culture where the family was very involved. So the the fathers were involved, the grandfathers were involved, brothers were involved. And that made for a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I bet. But you have to get the other person to agree to those people being present. I mean, that's kind of like the sort of the whole negotiation around, I need to have this, we need to have this conversation. And first step, I mean, this is like, you know, diplomacy and why treaties don't go through, but (laughs) it's the who gets involved and who's acceptable. And am I willing to have my ex bring his new girlfriend? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think where many people make, they make a mistake is it's almost like they, they demand, they say, I'm not having this conversation with you without this person present instead of. Just making a very simple tweak or a spin to that and saying, I would feel very safe and comfortable if I was able to have this other person present. Is that something you're comfortable with? Right? Just just check. Just ask instead of instead of demanding, ask for permission. That that can make a world of difference. 
so that brings us on to to what what you say but i think sometimes that making the demand comes from a place of discomfort yes and the the person doesn't feel confident and sometimes maybe it's about setting new boundaries but they they're not really comfortable in what they're asking for and so they they state it in that way as i have to have this and it doesn't help whereas what you the way that you rephrased it opens up possibilities yes yes i think i think many much bad behavior comes from fear anxiety a lack of confidence a lack of self assurance a lack of self knowledge you know everybody everybody's a unique human being and we all have different experiences different childhoods different parents different educations different cultures different life experiences many of them traumatic others not so much and so all of those experiences color the way we view the world the way we view other people the way we view situations and so with each person bringing something unique and personal to them to a conversation it can impact in a myriad of ways and so people can take another step forward toward having a positive tough conversation by doing the best they can to accept the other person as they are in front of them at the time not expecting them to be different just deal with what you have and do the best you can with what you have oftentimes i i hear things like well if you would just sit still and listen to me that maybe we can work things out right ah uh, that's not that's not effective cuz in that moment you're telling somebody to be different than what they are yes in other words they're not of value as they are they're not acceptable enough as they are somehow they've got to be different in order for you to see value in them and one of the, one of the one of my favorite recent authors uh is Donna Hicks and she wrote a, a series of books on dignity and one of the things she talks about is every human being is born with value they have inherent value as a human being and in many cultures we just don't treat others that way it's it's, it's more like it. yes yes it's more like well prove your value to me right and then if you prove your value then i'll accept you So prove that you can sit still and and give me eye contact and listen to me without interrupting me and then I'll have a conversation with you and it's just it's just not the right approach. That I've got lots more to ask you about but we but we have to take a short break right now. Listeners, my guest today is attorney AJ Grossman with Leapfrog Divorce based in Florida. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We're going to be right back, but do stay tuned for more tips on how you can have tough conversations without losing your cool. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. 
Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about having tough conversations. My guest today is AJ Grossman. He's with Leapfrog Divorce in Florida. AJ's challenge for this conversation is to make it through our entire episode without saying it depends. And uh, that's the answer you often get from attorneys in response to questions. And so far, AJ is succeeding really well. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So back to what we were talking about before the break in terms of, you know, really thinking through how you're phrasing something. And that's where I think, you know, I know as a mediator, I've worked in some situations where the parties just cannot communicate very well. So I, I think of myself as a translator there. And I, you know, one party might be saying, I have to have my new girlfriend there. And then I go to the other party and I say what you say and say, well, would you be willing to consider this? (laughs) So that, that might be, you know, if you're in that situation, that might be a a reason to think about trying to use a third party. I also think under that category of what I wondered if we could talk about trigger words. Yes. Like, I've had conversations with some people about, you know, when they say, well, how do I tell my spouse I want to get divorced? I said, well, you might actually try and think about having the whole conversation without using the word divorce. Yes. So I think that requires that each person, or at least the person who wants to broach this, the, the tough conversation, knows enough about the other person to understand what their trigger words might be. Now, let's assume for a moment that we don't know a lot about the other person. Let's let's take a marriage where two people just really didn't pay attention to each other. They just they had a good time whatever. But they they really they really don't know each other very well. One of the things you can do is eliminate all judgments and conclusions from the conversation. So that would include words like, you are ridiculous. Or you always do that. Yes. Or you're so stupid. You know, these these labels that we give to people, they just don't, they don't do anything to advance a conversation in a positive way. All they do for people is they start turning switches off because they start to feel shamed. They start to feel devalued. They start to feel less than, and likely they're just going to shut down. So if we think about trigger words as judgments and conclusions, then just leave those out. Just leave them out. Right. And that means you really, I mean, you have to give this some thought ahead of time. You can't just like, oh, barge in and have this conversation. You do have to think about it. What about role-playing it with somebody? 
Wonderful idea. Absolutely wonderful idea. As, as human beings, we learn through experience. We learn by watching others as, as infants and toddlers. We learn about the world by watching our parents, by watching other people. So it's, it's a almost perfect thing to do to role play with a friend or family member, a tough conversation before you actually have it. That's a great suggestion. But I think you have to choose who you're going to work with really carefully because they got to have yes. some skills there about rephrasing. I, I have a, a great friend who works in HR. And so she oftentimes, sometimes we've had difficult conversations and I'm like, wow, I really like the way that she phrased that. That mm-hmm. kind of made me feel she's really open to what I'm saying. So like somebody like that would be really good. Whereas yes. somebody who's going to, who maybe doesn't really like the person or is taking your side could kind of stir things up a bit and yes yes pick your role play partner carefully okay all right what about timing timing curious about what you have to say about timing for this conversation okay so here is a um here's tip number one you don't pick the time you actually invite them to the time so the way this like the, the way this looks is I'm I'm going to approach somebody. I'm going to say Mandy, it seems like we have some conflict between us. So, something isn't isn't going right. And I don't know whether you've noticed it as well. And I would like to have a conversation with you to learn more about how you see what's happening between the two of us. And I realize that now might not be the best time. If it is, let's sit down and talk with it. Otherwise, let's pick another day and time when it might be best. What would work best for you? Right? So you're you're handing them an invitation so they don't feel like they're put on the spot to talk about it right now. And they have the opportunity to decide. You know what? That's a great idea. Let's do it next week. How about Wednesday? What about like in a spousal situation where you're still living under the same roof and you say to your spouse, and you, and you know that they have this important meeting tomorrow or they're headed out on an important business trip and you say, well, you know, I think we need to have a conversation. What time will work? Well, what conversation? And they start to have that conversation with you and so say, well, what do you mean we need to have a conversation? And you kind of get sucked into something where it's like, well, I didn't really want to have this right before this important meeting and distract you and get him upset or her upset. Yes. Um, yes. I'm not quite ready to have it right now. And this is, you know, and it's like, yikes. Yes. So the beauty of that is you are giving the other person that opportunity to say, now is not a good time for me. However, if you're in a marital relationship and you're and you're living at home with each other and you know something important is happening for the other person, they're, they're leaving for an important business trip, they have an important meeting tomorrow, um, you know, whatever it is, it now is probably not the best time to do it. You know, the night before is to not even a good raise the topic. Yes, absolutely. You know, if if somebody isn't going to die or be <laughs> significantly harmed. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen if you wait until after that important event for the other person has finished? I mean, there's never going to be a perfect time, but there are certainly 
times that are better than others. But I know you kind of build up your courage. It's like, I've got to die. I, I, I have to have this conversation. I've got to have it. And and then feeling like you you have to wait. It's like, it's it's a bit like torture. And you just have to really control yourself not to blurt it out. Yes. And, and I think that comes from the short-term gain we get, the short-term pleasure hit we get to our, our physiology from getting it off our chest, yeah. from throwing it out there and say, oh, now I've said it. I, I don't have to worry about it anymore. But that, that short-term gain that we get can cause a longer-term, bigger problem. So, so we need to do the best job we can to recognize when we feel that way, I've got to get it off my chest and kind of hold ourselves back and say, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I don't bring it up right now? Yeah. Well, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to worry and be anxious all night. Okay. Is that, is that worse than, than setting this other person up before their important event? I don't think so. Nine times out of 10, it it probably isn't. Because it might adversely affect the conversation that you're going to have. Yes. Yes. Right. So we have a a few more minutes. One of the other things I wanted to talk about was how to have the conversation because we're having this conversation over Zoom, but there's in-person, there's Zoom, phone calls, text messages, letters. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there? So if it is an important, sensitive topic of conversation, like I want a divorce, do it in person if possible. Don't do it over a text message. Don't do it in an email. Don't do it in a letter. Don't do it over the phone. If you have to do it by Zoom, okay. But I would say for those emotional, important topics, you really, really should try and do it in person because there's there's nothing that can substitute for that human face-to-face, physically present in the same space interaction. You know, there's a lot of body language that we can observe. The eye contact is different over Zoom. There's no eye, can- eye contact on, on the phone. Text messages and emails and letters, you know, what we say, we think we're being clear, but it can be so easily misconstrued. You know, leaving, leaving an important topic of conversation for a tough conversation to the written word, I think is a huge mistake. Right. I would agree with you. I, I will say... I have interviewed a few people who left by leaving a note stuck on the fridge Mm. and said that was the only way I could do it because I couldn't do it in person. That to me says more about that person than it does about the relationship. And to me, it comes from a lack of self-assurance, maybe a lack of self-worth, self-value. Maybe it's their emotions around the, the ending of the marriage and the guilt or... Sure, sure. They could be experiencing a tremendous amount of shame. Yeah. And they want to avoid the shame of having to do it in person. Sure. Right. So 
do it in person whenever possible. The outcome's almost always going to be better. Yes, yes. And, and, and a little bit more about the how. Approach this tough conversation as what I would call a learning conversation. In other words, you're, it's not, a, it's not a, a time for you to get on your soapbox and basically vomit everything that you have to say to this other person. Flip it around and approach it as this is time for me to learn everything that I need to learn about the other person what their thoughts are, their feelings, their perspective. Their perspective matters. Even if I don't agree with it, it matters. And I need to hear what it is before I start spouting off what I think. Okay, that's, that's uh, really great advice. AJ, our time has gone by so, so quickly. Um, I have a, one more question for you. I, I wondered if there was a, a tough conversation that you've had personally that perhaps you could share where you put some of your strategies into practice and where you were pleased or surprised by the outcome? Ah, yes. So I had a, um, an opportunity to have a difficult conversation with a coworker and the coworker was a paralegal that I, I worked with at a law office and it was it was a tough conversation because it was bringing up a lot of sensitive subjects um things like work product caring about clients caring about cases and it was very difficult for me because on one hand i needed to be rather serious and firm as a coworker Yet, I didn't want to do anything that would cause this fellow employee to feel ashamed or, or, or shamed or, or less than. So it was a conversation that's very difficult from a conversation I would have with my wife, with my mom, with my dad, with my neighbor. It was very different. It was tough for me because I'm, I'm more of a feeling person. I don't do well trying to be more Spock-like, you know, uh, from Star Trek. No emotion, uh, very cold. Um, I'm just not that type of person. So, so it was the context in which I was having this conversation that, that made it so difficult. But I used some of my own techniques. Like I started off the conversation by saying, I have felt like our working relationship has not been going as well as it has been. And I have my own perspective, but I'd really like to hear from you how you view what's been happening between the two of us before I say anything, because it's important for me to hear what you have to say. So that started off the conversation well. Well, yes. And I can see that I, I can tell from our conversation that you're a a very feeling person. And I think that you probably, I'm sure that you bring a lot of that wisdom into your work with your clients. I do every day. Yeah. Yes. So I really appreciate you sharing your guidance and your expertise on having tough conversations. Oh, thank you, Mandy. It's been a great opportunity. And I, I hope that at least one person finds a little nugget of value. Oh, so do I. And I think, you know, the toughest conversation I ever had was when I had to tell my husband I was couldn't stay married. 
and it wasn't a single conversation it was hours of conversations but that backdrop to that was a a long history of having been a peacekeeper and not rocking the boat so it was a lot of about setting new boundaries and new things for me i often have thought now you know if i had the com- the communication skills when we first got married or dating that i have now it certainly would have changed the course of our relationship not sure that it would have changed the outcome but definitely the course and i think you know it's those learning those communication skills it's hard but it's so important absolutely i agree 100% so thank you thank you listeners my guest today was attorney aj grossman with leapfrog divorce based in florida thank you so much aj for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with us today thank you mandy it's been a pleasure Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send you a ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, Our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>